not just showing and sharing, I guess, what you're doing, but putting it, looking at it from the other perspective of being like my viewer, my audience member, my ideal client or customer, what is it that they need to know, right? And taking your needs out of it almost. You're listening to the Brand Authenticity Edit, a podcast for solopreneurs who want to level up their self-awareness so they can build a life and a business they love. I'm your host, Jennifer Hulley. Let's dive in. Hey everyone, this week we're doing an explained episode. Explained episodes are the ones where we take a deep dive into a single concept, a strategy, or a mindset that can really help you develop your self-awareness and realign the actions that you're taking in both your life and your business. I'm really excited about this week's episode because not only is an explained episode where we get to like geek out over the theory and concept of something, but it's also an interview episode. And I got to interview a very good friend of mine, Melody, who is a phenomenal copywriter for ambitious businesses worldwide. She's got like a clear, unfussy and funny writing style and a great rapport with all her clients, which is Completely evident if you visit her Instagram page where she posts lots of tips and tricks and has this really accessible messaging where she wants to empower and educate you to understand the concepts of copywriting and content and how you can connect with your clients and your audience. And that's what we're talking about today. We're talking about the whole concept of authentic connection and we're going to look at like what does that mean and why is it so important you know we can so get easily tripped up in like the numbers game and thinking we need more followers we need lots of likes we need all of these you know accumulations of badges almost badges of honor in order to be successful and Melody's whole perspective is that it's not about the content quantity, but it's about the content quality. And something she does, or basically the guts of everything she does, is to help the businesses and the entrepreneurs she works with develop that authentic connection with their audience so that they're like communicating with them, but then also converting, which means, you know, making money. And she became a writer for others as like a culmination of all of her passions, you know, in business, content and marketing. And she has so much experience. She has worked with businesses in Canada, North America, the United Kingdom, Germany, Switzerland. She's also bilingual, like she legit writes in two languages. She knows everything. Anyways, um, we dive into so much this episode and there's a follow-up episode next week where we actually apply this knowledge. It'll be applied authentic connection. And what that means is we're going to take all of the concepts in here and roll them out and be like, what does this look like when you put it on the ground and it's in your content strategy for blogging, Instagram, all of it. So I encourage you to check out next week's episode as well, as it's a great follow-up for this and a great way for you to stay in the loop with the podcast and make sure you don't miss that episode is to hit that subscribe button. Subscribing is totally free and it just means that you'll get the episodes as they're published. They'll just land in the app of your choice. Plus, It really helps. It's so, so important when people subscribe and share this podcast. It just helps the algorithm and the way that the apps work and it'll help us get this message out and get this information into the ears of people that need to hear it. So thank you in advance for all of your subscriptions. It's so meaningful. One last thing before we dive into her interview, all of her contact details is 
well as a special offer for people that are listening to this podcast will be in the show notes. It's a substantial offer. It is like a chance to take one third, 33% off the price of her wow hour, which is a personalized support session for you and your content strategy. And there's a special code. It's only available to people that listen to this podcast and it is time sensitive until the end of this year. So I encourage you to go to the show notes and get those details. All right, let's go. Let's dive in. Hi, Melody. Hello. Hello, Jen. I'm so excited to be here. I'm really excited that you're here too. How are you? Good. I'm very, very excited. Have I mentioned this before? I'm super excited. But <laughs> we finally get to talk. We use the excuse yes. of the podcast to just get together and chat a bit, to be honest. That's yes. how I feel. So it's, it's a personal pleasure to talk to you as well, but I know that you'll have a lot of um, interesting ideas and perspectives and value to give to everybody. So um, why don't you just introduce yourself, tell people who you are, what's your story, like who do you help? How do you help them? So my name is Melody. I live in London and I'm a content copywriter and I help businesses and entrepreneurs with both their content strategy and their content. So I write the content but I also help them to get it in line and make it work for them, which is very, very important. I think part of the whole content writing, you always should have someone who does also a bit of the content strategy because otherwise you might end up just with a muddled mix of some texts that don't really work. Yeah. So it sounds like it's a bit of, you do like a bit of hands-on writing for your clients, but you also do the like visionary stuff behind it as well. Is that what you mean? Like you would do the strategy building and the, the why behind the what? Yes, definitely. Because I think that so many people have great products, they have a great company, but you know, they're just overwhelmed by all the advice they're getting about Instagram, about social media, about newsletters, websites. And you know, you mentioned it, I think the shiny object syndrome, right? That you think I should do this. And a month later you think, actually, I should do newsletters. And then you realize, no, actually, podcasts are the thing. And blogs and it's very very hard for all of us to focus and to concentrate and I think it always helps when you get someone from outside who does this for a living ideally and just tells you okay this is my take on it and then you can just um, you know discuss things and see what works best for your business and not for everyone else's yeah absolutely it can be impossible to see like to zoom out from your own business and see things from a different perspective or how things are connecting. So when you say you do content and copywriting for people, what does that look like mostly? Is it mostly emails, your work? Is it mostly websites? Is there a mix? Um, so often it's a mix. Usually they come with one thing they need. Uh, I do mostly long content. Long content is all kinds of evergreen content, meaning you can leave it on your website for a long time and it will continue to attract people. Or I help them with newsletters, with email sequencing, um, you know, when you have a campaign running and they're like, okay, I have to attract these, these people, but I don't know how. And then we sit together, usually on the briefing call for an hour and just discuss, okay, where do you want to go? Who is your actual ideal client? Because often people have a vision of the ideal client, but it might be that you actually have a different client that buys your product. Um, and we have to see, okay, do you want this client? Why is this client picking you? And um, how can we attract more of these clients um, and then also flesh out your, your client? Who is he or she and what do they need from you? What do they want? So um, that usually it's a bit psychology, actually. It's often 
you know, lots of, I mean, what you do also, it's, it's a lot of listening and really trying to get to the bottom of it. Yeah, I was just going to say, listening to you talk about it, it becomes really apparent, like how much is in what you do um, and how much theory there is and how much psychology and just like how much thought work goes into beyond just putting stuff up and out there to connect with customers or clients. Um, so this is a good segue because what I want to talk about today is the concept of authentic connection between business owners, entrepreneurs, and their customers and their clients. So like the solopreneur and their ICA. So in your opinion, what does an authentic connection look like? Like, what does that mean to you? An authentic connection, you mean? Like mm-hmm. something that's real. So I would yeah, say... Yeah, like authentic connection versus just putting stuff up there on the internet. And hoping for a return. <laughs> See what And happens. hoping for the best. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, because if we're going to talk about authentically connecting with your clients, I want us to understand, like, what is authentic connection? So an authentic connection also with your client is often similar to an authentic connection with someone, you know, with a friend or whenever you have an authentic connection, you are vulnerable, right? You you show that you have faults. Um, I always, always appreciate it. And I think a lot of customers do. And we have seen this in the past from many campaigns when businesses mess up and say, yes, we messed that up. We really, we got that wrong. Um, And if you, for example, if you think about a big company like Coca-Cola, who in the 80s, um, they changed their their taste, right? They changed changed the taste of Coca-Cola and they completely messed that up. But they recovered from it because they dealt with it. And I think that's very important. It's not important to be perfect and it actually puts people off. So it's totally fine to show in your content that you tried something and it didn't work and you stopped it because of ABC or whatever you did, you failed. I mean, people love stories like that because they can relate to them. So the first point would be be vulnerable, show who you really are. Um, the second point is very important is you show interest in your customers, not only what do they buy from me, but what do they like? What do they need? What do they actually listen to? Who do they comment? You know, so often I have clients who actually friends on Instagram with people I also follow because you tend to like the people you work with, ideally. And then they often like the same things or even better, they like something that I've never heard about. But then I feel it's my obligation almost to learn about it, to see, okay, why is that person interested? Maybe interested in that stuff. Maybe there's something that I can learn from. So really show interest and be interested in your customers not at the stage where they buy, but way before that. And then another point is listen. So that's very, very hard for all of us. Um, You should listen in a call 80% of the time and only talk 20% of the time. And I had to work on that myself because uh, I like to talk um, and it's not helpful for the client if you talk too much. And you put too many of your ideas into the client's head and then you will see people just retreat, right? They say, yeah, right, okay, whatever. And they just leave. It's like in a normal conversation, right? If someone goes on and on, you just have no, there's no real conversation happening. It's just a monologue. So listening is very important. There's a great book, I think, called Just Listen. So I would highly recommend that if people want to train their listening skills. Um, Yeah, I'll put that in the show notes. Yeah, just listen. Um, It's interesting because listening to you talk about this, it just sounds like a relationship building, right? Like when you think of what is a good relationship with friends, romantic, whatever, we talk about vulnerability, 
we talk about considering the other person's perspective and listening, like it sounds very similar to how you would create an authentic connection with your friend or your family member or your partner. Yes. And it's similar also because think about it. I think there's a statistic out there that says it takes the average customer two years to buy from you. Uh, might take less, it might take more, but it's, it's usually not a two weeks thing because you have to build trust and you can only build trust if you get to know them. I mean, I got a lot of clients just by, you know, commenting on things they, they wrote because I just generally found it interesting. And I feel personally, when I tried these techniques in the very beginning, right, where they always tell you just comment uh, on like two of their pictures and uh, comment on three posts or reels or whatever it is. It feels very artificial and people feel that and it doesn't really grow. But if you generally like someone and you can feel and it can still be strategic, it doesn't have to be, you know, you're not looking for friends after all, you're looking for customers. So you can say, okay, where do I look? I like this in this brand. I like this in this company. Let's see who's on there. But it should feel to both of you that you would like to connect with that person in some way. You know, it's not just a transaction. It's something more than that. Uh, and that's the other tip I would give. Just don't judge too much. Just be curious because in social media, we all, maybe or maybe not all of you, maybe you don't, but I definitely sometimes write stupid stuff or I comment and later ask myself, why did I even have to comment? I mean, it's not necessary. Just, you know, just get over it. Um, and so don't be too judgmental. Just be curious. Also, when people do things or say things that you oppose, um, and just see where it takes you. I think it's very important to just, you know, it has to be emotional, but you have to still not take everything personal. Yeah, it's interesting when you mentioned that it takes time, right? It's yes, two years. That's longer than I thought. I thought you were going to say like six months to a year for someone to buy, but it makes sense, right? You said you don't, you can't, if in real life, right? You can't rush a relationship. I mean, there's those crash and burn relationships romantically where people meet and they're like, oh my God, I'm in love. And then, right. So it's that slow nurture of getting to know somebody, being authentic, showing up, being vulnerable, having communication points that are about them as well as you, right? Like that give and take. But you mentioned um, the just liking and commenting on people's Instagram randomly, which is Great, because it leads me to my next question. Like, what's the reverse? What is inauthentic connection? If we're thinking us as entrepreneurs having a business, what would that look like if we were connecting in a way that was inauthentic with our ICA or our audience? So as a rule, anything that's off the pack and generic is inauthentic. I just, a few days ago, I received a direct like a DM from someone and it felt so icky because she had just watched three of my stories and then just told me, Oh, how's your business doing? Do you need more customers? Here's my, you know, and you're like, you don't even know me. You don't know my business. You, you don't even, you know, and that is off the pack. And then I knew, okay, this is not for me because she doesn't speak to me. She just speaks to my money. And when you speak to people's, yeah. When you speak to people's money, that's what puts them off because you know, you want to feel money is in the end, it's a tool and it's your time also, right? You worked hard for that money and you want to have the feeling you spend it on something that's worth your while, not on someone who says, I just want your money, really. This is what I offer. Why don't you want it? So I would always say whenever it feels like this is not you and this is very generic, just that's not the direction you should take in terms of content. 
Right. So like those generic, like what you're speaking about with the, I'm assuming that was a message in someone in your DMS from somebody Mm -hmm. where it was like, yeah, (laughs) I get these. They're like, Hey boss, babe, we love what you're doing. Do you want to grow your business? And it's like, yeah, but not with you. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I don't know you. Who are you? Are you, are you a fan of selling in DMS or no? That's a good one. I think I see it more in terms of offering. Um, I've done actually selling in DMs. I'm not against it. What you should do is um, when you have built a connection, as we said before, you can then say, listen, um, I really like your product. Um, I I give you an example. I I bought a product on Amazon, on this big, big retail. It's a sustainable product and I really loved it. So I posted in it months ago in my story. And um, then the owner of this business actually wrote me a DM and said, thank you so much for mentioning us. And I was so excited because she's the actual owner of the product, uh, of the company. And I was like, oh my gosh, you're writing me. Uh, because it, it does feel exciting when the owner writes, because I thought it's a much bigger company and I would never hear from them anyway. And then I looked at them, um, you know, I looked at my sales strategy and I thought, okay, who would I like to work with? Because that's the first thing you want to do if you want to have an authentic connection with your clients. You, you want to pick the people you want to work with. And I thought I would like to work with them. So I looked at their website. I looked at what, what they were doing. And I felt in terms of content, they're missing a blog. They're missing a certain content strategy. You know, you get a feeling for this when you do this day in, day out. You see, they don't have a clear content strategy. They don't have a clear brand voice. And then I wrote them, look, this is, um, I really love your brand. I really love, as you know, I've bought from you in the past. This is what I would suggest for your brand. I see this is what you're missing. I can provide that for you. Um, how about you jump on a call with me? Uh, and that's all I do, right? And I wrote me back and said, oh, that's a good idea. We're considering it. Let me talk to so-and-so. Um, and then I told them, great. So just, you know, let me know until Thursday. And then you just leave it, right? I will just leave it there because I want to, I don't want to chase. I want to attract. And if you keep that mindset, then it's much easier for you in terms of selling because you what I've done then, I only give this as an example, is I picked someone that I really would like to work with and I've shown them I really want to work with you because you are you, not because you're some company. Because I like the product and here's what I can do for you. You have to show people when you're connecting them that if you're selling in a DM, what you can actually do for them. So it cannot be generic. You cannot have a template for that. You can have a very generic template. You can have to, okay, this is what I like. And here you put in whatever you like and what you think is missing, but it cannot be just copy paste. And we all want to do copy paste because it's so convenient, but you know, it also easy, right? It's quick to copy paste, but it's, um, so you're saying that that whole, uh, copy paste, not perspective, a copy paste strategy towards connecting with people. That's definitely inauthentic because it's not looking at the person on the receiving end as like an individual, right? Like you're just sort of saying, okay, everybody's out there. They've all got money and or opportunities for me. And I want, I want it. So you're just throwing it out there quickly. But the other thing you said that I thought was interesting was the like, put it out there and then step back because that's, that's quite abundant, right? To be like, I want to work with you and I'm just going to wait. I'm not going to chase you up. I'm not going to harass you. Right. No, you have to, if it's meant to be. Yeah. You have to have a sales strategy, but you, mustn't yeah. mix that up with your mindset work you have to do your minds i mean i know you're big in mindset work right you've spoken about yeah. it also that's your expertise also so it's very important to work on your mindset and know that there are a lot of people out there who want to work with you or you know you have them but you also have to have a sales strategy 
in in the sense that you write down these people or have them in you know honeypot hubspot wherever and you remind yourself oh i have to follow up because that's also part of an authentic connection you want to give people the feeling oh i'm interested even after a week i'm still interested to know but you're not pushy and it then that's where your mindset comes in. If you have the mindset of, okay, if this person doesn't want to work with me, no problem. I will look for another person. But I would show this person, look, I'm here. I'm available. Totally get that you don't want to work with me right now. But, you know, I just put it out. And then you leave them. And maybe you come back to them in six months or so. Again, with a reminder, it has to be regular. It has to be strategic, but not pushy. So sales should never feel pushy. I mean, unless you are a salesperson and that's what you do all day. And I'm sure you have your quota to fulfill and so on. But we're talking about, you know, business owners who want to have an authentic connection, right? So it should be both. So you have mindset, you know, I can get this. I have enough people around me. Then you have a sales strategy where you say, okay, I write this person. Then I write them again in a week. If they say no, I let it go. And then maybe in six months, I follow up and say, I'm still here. Uh, then you look up their website again, of course, maybe something has changed, right? But you don't give them the feeling you need them. You know, it's a bit like my business coach told me, it's a bit like this, this high school girl that wanted to de so desperately wanted to have a boyfriend. You don't really want to be that girl, you know? <laughs> you don't want to be that yeah. person telling, please take me. Because also it doesn't, it doesn't fit with an authentic connection because then again, you'd like, you become pushy. No, because when you're in that desperate state, it's all about you. Right. Yeah, like, exactly. Exactly. You're like, pick me, choose me, sign with me so that I can feel better. And I feel like I'm making money and then my needs are met and it, it takes the other person out of the equation. Right. So that authentic connection, like you're saying, is connecting with them in a way that you're interested in them and it shows how you can help them, but you give them space, but you don't forget about them because, you know, if you really do care about them and their business and whatnot, you will check in and say like, Hey, just want to see how you're doing, whatever, you know? And then again, like you said, give them space again in six months. And you never know when someone's going to come back, right? If yeah. you've had that connection with them, like the timing can be wrong, but potentially you've had a great connection with them or you've had some conversations and you'll remain in their brain. You know what I mean? Like they'll, they'll remember you and they may come back. I've had people come back to me like a year later, a year and a half later after we've had conversations and it wasn't right for them at that point. And I thought like, oh, okay, that's, that's a door closed. And it's like, nope. They just, it was a revolving door. It just spun really slowly. It's true. <laughs> right. But they yeah. eventually came around and it came back. So, um, but you see so that like we've got all the, hmm? sorry, I want to say that's exactly what we spoke about before that it takes sometimes people up to two years. Yeah. That it takes time, right? It's not a super spinning revolving door. It, it moves slowly. No. And it's important. <laughs> but that you, inauthentic. Sorry. Keep interrupting. Sorry, yeah. It's just important that it's very hard because you might be, disappointed right you feel it's personal when people tell you no but every no is actually a badge of honor i heard from someone and i think that's very beautiful they say the more no's you get you know if you don't get enough no's that shows you're not going out there and you're not doing it right because if you don't get any yeah. no's that means you're not putting yourself out there so if someone says you're not no, in the ring exactly you're not in the ring so if someone tells you no he says or she says no to your offer at that point that's it they don't you know reject you as a person and it's very important to learn that and just to tell yourself over and over, okay, that's just a no or not yet, but it has nothing to do with me as a person. And then you just keep on working yeah. on your mindset and come back in six months and see what the person says. Absolutely. Um, so we're talking about, like you were saying before, inauthentic connection being really generic, copy-paste strategy, those nasty DMs that we get. 
definitely uh, hopefully nobody's doing that <laughs> hopefully we're just on <laughs> the receiving end of You're those not and not sending them out but what about like what about instagram uh content what might that look like like and like I, I'm going to think about the grid, right, or a reel or something. If it was inauthentic connection, what do you think that might look like? So inauthentic connection again, going back to the generic stuff. If you do a reel, I mean, I had that, right? You, it's so dangerous. You like a sound, and you think, oh, I'm going to make the same reel. I love that. <laughs> so many times I just ask myself, I'm actually changing my reels now. That's why I haven't done them in a while because I want to give tips rather than just doing them because it's fun. Often fun reels, for example, get you eyeballs, but they don't get you clients. So you have to decide what you want. Sometimes you need both a bit, right? Because of the famous algorithm that no one understands or knows about. Um, but over and all, it's very important to, to stay also there highly personal. So if you do a reel, then do it about something that has to do with your business, maybe a tip, you will see the most successful people usually have tips. It depends if you're in the food industry, for example, it could be recipes, it could be great visual content that people like to look at over and over. It doesn't necessarily have to be tips, but it has to be something that is based on your ideal client avatar and not just on your preferences, which is very hard because Instagram keeps telling you, why don't you make this real with this funny sound that, and this filter? So, um, but, you know, your time is precious and you have to make sure that whatever you put out there is A, based on your ideal client and B, is also based on your own values and what you stand for. Because, again, if it's something that's trending, then it's a bit of a problem already because you're just like everyone else, right? So that might be good here and there to get the eyeballs, but not really good to establish you as an authority or establish you as the to-go person in your field. Yeah, absolutely. I love that because... It's really tempting to chase the trends, right? You see the trends that are when you're doing like when you're on the explore page and you hear the music or the sounds or you see the people doing the dances or whatever and you think like, oh, I have to do that too, right? Like it taps into this like I have to belong, I have to belong need and we can frantically feel like we got to make content that is like cool and popular, but then it's about you again. It's about you wanting to look good wanting to get lots of views, wanting to, you know, be out there and be on display. And it needs to be back again about your ICA and about your ideal client or your customer and what they need and what they need to know and their knowledge gaps, right? Not necessarily about what every person's doing on a real trend right now. Yeah. And that's where, so, yeah, that's very important to focus on. It's hard, right? Because it's like, like I said, the Instagram, not just Instagram, social media, it really does tap into this because it's social, right? So social media taps into this desire that we have to belong and to be liked and to be in the crowd and whatnot. And it can be, it can be really messy when you're running a business as well. You can easily slide into that where your space becomes more about you and less about your client. Um, when I was strictly doing food photography back in the day, I still see this with food photographers that I know they tend to create content that is just for them and other food photographers. Like they'll just share pictures and say like beautiful pasta plate, blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? But they're not actually talking to their client who would be the pasta company that needs these images to sell. Right. So it's about like 
not just showing and sharing, I guess, what you're doing, but putting it, looking at it from the other perspective of being like my viewer, my audience member, my ideal client or customer, what is it that they need to know? Right. And taking your needs out of it almost, not out of it, but like having space for both of your needs, but remembering it's about them. Yeah. And also I think there's a fear. We all have that. I don't know why I haven't yet found the... (laughs) The reason for it we're always a bit afraid of our ideal client to ask them to actually go out there i see that so many times that you know companies will tell me yeah but we could do this and that and then i ask have you done a b testing meaning have you shown website a and website b to your five or ten of your ideal clients and ask them what they think and they're like uh, no we actually didn't think about that and i'm like you know and it's it's and it happens all the time and we do this all the time because it's so I think we're often afraid to get it wrong and then we think okay we we know ourselves better than anyone else so we do what we like because that can't be too far off but then again like you say it becomes a monologue it doesn't become a real conversation so uh, I got actually the best ideas from yeah dms from clients or um, we also have great conversations you and I we, we had a lot of great conversations in the dm I remember just you know giving each other ideas or saying where we are and that that's much more helpful, more helpful than anything else and any trend or anything you, you see out there. Yeah. So do you feel like getting feedback from your ideal client is essential for authentic connection? Like, do you think you can have an authentic connection without actually doing that data collection and asking them? Oh yeah. For no, their... it's, it's not, it, that's absolutely essential. And I have a person, okay. I don't like maths. I don't understand maths. I'm not good at maths. I know that's not popular to say in these days. You have to reframe it because it's the wrong mindset. But I don't care, okay? <laughs> I'm at that age where I can say, you know, I'm fascinated by maths. I don't get it. But I'm a big believer in data. And I don't mean data. You know, when we hear data, we often think, oh, my gosh, we have to ask. Uh, we have to do this and then the app and there's something. No, you just have to think about five clients that you really loved working with and ask them, can you answer me three, four questions? And these three, four questions should be based on whatever you're planning, for example. You could ask, do you have any product at the moment that you feel you need and I don't provide that, what could that be? Or you can say, I'm planning this and this, what do you think? Um, You can also give them something. You can send them chocolate or you can just invite them, give them a free bonus or anything to make it more attractive to them. But it's super important that you have these five people or three, whoever you can gather, and do not ever ask, and I see this also so often when people are just starting out with their businesses, don't ask your husband, don't ask your spouse, your partner, your mother. They're not your ideal clients, okay? We're not interested. I mean, they're lovely people, and I'm sure they're great, and I'm sure they mean the best. But, you know, if they're not entrepreneurs, fine if the entrepreneurs understand you, but if they're not entrepreneurs, why are you asking them? They don't even understand your world. So... No, it's 100% true. Like I talk from my own perspective. It's like, and you just, you have to ask certain people, right? Like I have one friend of mine who's creative. She's a designer. She's an entrepreneur. So I'll ask her advice for things because she's sort of in the same realm. But like when I remember when I was starting this podcast, I sent like intro music samples to friends and I was getting the like the widest range of feedback from them. One person that was like, oh, it reminds me of this. Oh, it reminds me of this. They were all over the place. And I was like, none of you are people that are going to listen to this podcast. So I had to stop (laughs) asking them. And I was like, so I was like, you're not my ideal client. So it actually doesn't matter if the intro music makes you think about 
a dog food commercial or if it makes you think of going to the dentist because that's not like you're not the person that's going to be listening to it. Yeah, it's so, so yeah. It's interesting and it's that vulnerability piece again, right? Like being vulnerable or opening yourself up to vulnerability by asking the people that you really care about, you really care about what they say, your ideal client because they're the ones that are going to work with you or not work with you. So you're in that space of like acceptance or rejection. So that's a scary space. But that's why it's so important, like what you're saying, is to ask for feedback from the people that matter. Absolutely. It's so, you know, I'm not going to lie to you. I just was on the phone with one of my biggest clients and I asked her if everything was with them. She's the representative in this case. And she said, no, we're super happy and it's all great. And I won't. Obviously, that's what I wanted to hear. And I was hoping she would tell me this. And I'm happy about that feedback that if someone tells me, actually, I don't know, that email campaign didn't go well or something. And that will probably, uh, you know, stay in my head for a few days. And that, that that's how it is. It's very hard to accept rejection, even if you know it's not about you, it's about the product or about what you, what you but when you're very passionate about your business, you naturally feel so connected to it that you think everything you do is you, but it's not. So yeah, obviously we all hope for a nice feedback, but I still prefer that someone criticizes me and tells me, look, the reason I didn't book you again is ABC rather than them just stopping, you know, stop to work with me. And I don't know why. And that sometimes people just disappear, clients just disappear and you don't know why. And that could be a million reasons. But I don't know if you have this. Sometimes I sit there. I still have I had a client and I really loved her and I really wanted to continue working with her and I never heard from her again. And I still don't know why. And it just keeps me, you know, it's still in my head and it's ridiculous. And I know I have to just leave it. But um, that can happen when you don't ask for feedback. I should have asked her for feedback, said, was there something missing or not? And I'm sure she would have told me. And A, I would have learned from it. And B, she wouldn't live rent-free in my head anymore because I would know. She, she might have said, look, I'm looking for a different style or I'm actually not doing anything anymore and that's fine. Um, but uh, yeah, so that that's very important to be able to, again, it comes back to feeling vulnerable and being vulnerable and say, you know what, it, things just happen, but it's not, it's not personal. It's personal for you because you think you're your business, but you're not. We always have to remember that. We are not only our business. We are, that's just part of our lives. Feedback can also be like proactive and like preliminary, like before the work in terms of opinion gathering, right? That's something that I do with my ideal clients. Um, I do like an ICA survey once or twice a year where I just pick their brains to be like, what are you interested in? What are you learning about right now? What are you afraid of? What's your biggest hurdle in your business? Like I, instead of me trying to imagine and put myself in their shoes of like, oh, what are their hopes and dreams and fears? I actually ask them. And I've always found something always comes back on the, the surveys that I'm like, oh, wow, that's not what I would have thought they would have said. Yeah, yeah, but definitely. Like a few people will say it. And I'm like, oh, interesting, right? Because you can't put yourself in somebody else's perspective. You can try. You can do it as much as possible. But there's always going to be something that's in their head that they're thinking about or experiencing that you're unaware of. But when you open the doors to saying like, okay, what are your needs? What are your biggest pain points? What are the things that you're struggling with? Then you understand them better. And then from my under my perspective is, I feel like it's easier to create content when you have that deeper understanding of them. Definitely. I love that. I think it's so good to, to ask them once or twice a year just to, but yeah, like you said, general things. That's what I mean. You don't, you cannot focus all the time on, will they buy from me? It has to be about, okay, 
how can I actually help them to go where they want to go? And like you say, it's always surprising. Always. It's so fascinating. Also, what people love about your business is often surprising. They will tell you something, I don't know, that you always answer your emails or whatever it is. And it it's it's just very important to get out of your own head. That's so true. So that's mm-hmm. definitely a good tip. Yeah. So it kind of segues into like what I wanted to talk about next, which is a lot of the people that listen to this, they're solopreneurs, meaning like they're not an entrepreneur of like a restaurant. They don't have a team and everybody working with them. It's just them, right? Like they might be a food photographer or a food blogger or the graphic designer or someone who's like a maker and selling something, but it's just them at this point. So they're doing everything, right? Like they're doing their content, they're doing their copywriting, they're doing their photography, their media, marketing, all of it. And if somebody wanted to take a step back and look at how they're representing themselves online to determine whether they're at the end of like inauthenticity or authentic connection, like think of it as like a a linear, like a spectrum. And someone wants to look and be like, okay, I want to like actually like step into my content. I want to step into my online space and I want to see where I am in terms of authenticity and how well I'm connecting with my audience. How, how can we do that? (laughs) It's a loaded question, but like, how can you start to understand or wrap your head around? Are like, if I said to someone, are you connecting authentically with your audience? And they didn't know, how could they find out? I would ask again, these famous three to five clients, whatever you have, or people who are following you, people who are always commenting on your stories, right? People are always, people who show up. I would ask these people, what three words do you uh, connect with my brand or with my account? Mm, and I like that. What three words do you think of when you think of yeah, my business? Because if you think about, you know, banking, something will come to mind depending on the country you live of. Uh, for me, it's Starling, for example, or Monzo, because these are the two biggest banks at the moment in terms of customer service. They're number one banks in the UK. Um, they have totally revolutionized banking here. And for me, they, you know, if they would ask me, I would say, oh, yeah, banking, definitely. That's, these are the brands that come to mind. So when you go out there and ask them, okay, what comes to your mind, then you often, you know, because they also, they don't have to think too long to come up with three words. So it's, it's more emotional. It's very raw what comes up. And it, again, you have to be prepared that it might be shocking. It might be all oh, fun. And you're like, I don't want to be fun. You know, <laughs> it's not what I stand for. But then, you know, and then you can ask them, okay, what made you think so? And you can have the most interesting conversations with people. Um, That's yeah. really interesting because, yeah, you could get these three words and then they could come back and not reflect who you are or who you think you are and who you think your business is. Like you could come back and says like serious dependable, traditional. And you'd be like, no, that's not me. That's not my business. And then you have to really think like, okay, I guess, what am I putting out there that's making people pick up on that vibe? Yes. And where's the disconnect between what I want to be and how I want my business to be perceived and how it's actually being perceived. Yes. And then you can really also go deep. Like you can ask them like the next question. Say, why do you think I'm so reliable, dependable, serious, whatever it is. Um, And then you can see also, I would always ask them because maybe they mean it as a compliment. That's what they like about you. Maybe it's because you show up all the time. It could be you're very serious about your business. So don't necessarily stop there, but it's it's a great opener because people will just throw something out there. They, they will find it easy to answer that. And it just gets right to the heart of it. And then you can take it from there. 
Yeah, because then you can start to see, I guess, where like the disconnect might be or where you might be representing yourself in your business in a different way, right? Unknowingly. Yeah. Especially when we're talking about like when you're following trends and following things and there's a lot of like copy paste that happens in specifically on Instagram. Like I see that a lot where somebody makes a graphic, not exactly the same graphic, but it's the same, almost the same idea. You know what I mean? Like the same nugget that they're putting out there that somebody else puts out there. Especially if you follow people that are in the same realm, you'll see sort of like similar things popping up. Um, so when you get these words coming back or these ideas from your little mini, I'll call them mini surveys or like flash surveys, it can cause you, I guess, to look back at what you're actually putting out there and being like, okay, is this actually me? Is this, a- if I want to be putting forth the, you know, the idea of like dependability or maybe like eco-conscious or whatever, is my, our, sorry, is my content actually representative of that? And then I guess go from there. Yes. It's usually, how frequently would you ask people for this? Like, would you do this once a year, once a quarter? I guess it depends. I mean, usually you will plan your quarters, right? Uh, and then you will have a look at your business. If you change or if you're about to change anything in your business, I would definitely ask them before. Um, never launch anything before asking your clients if they want it. You just will save yourself so much headache and just so much copy as well and so much writing. Um, so then definitely, um, yeah, probably I would say twice a year. I think you have to play it a bit by ear because you don't want to be annoying. Um, but I would, I would pencil that in, I would schedule that in and say, okay, I will ask. You could ask different people. Yeah, too, yeah, I exactly. Guess, right? You could ask, you know, three people a quarter. Just make sure you don't ask the same person three, four, yes, five times. Ask them every two months. Yeah. Like, what do you think of me? What do you think of me? What do you think of me? Yeah. Like, you're annoying. Exactly. And then you can see once you change, you could actually ask them, what do you think now? Do you think what would come to mind now? You know, yeah. has something changed? But yeah, maybe twice a year, something like that, roughly. I would do mm-hmm. that to see. And every time you change your business in any significant way. Yeah. So a lot of what we're talking about, I like I can hear a theme coming out, which is like vulnerability, curiosity. Listening. Listening. <laughs> so it's right. Fair. Like it's just being curious, letting yourself be vulnerable, listening to the other person and like co-creating a space of where both of your needs are being met, right? In terms of yourself and your client. And that's the, it sounds like that's the basis of an authentic connection. Yeah, definitely. Now, do you, does that benefit both of us? Does it benefit the client and the entrepreneur to have authentic connection? Or do you think it just benefits the client? I think it definitely benefits both because think about it. What's your real USB as an entrepreneur? It's always you and your personality and the way you do things. And usually you get energy from doing whatever you're doing with the right client. So if you have the right client and if you attract the right clients and if you have a good connection with these clients, it just gives you energy. So it's easier to do your job. It's easier to come up with new ideas. You know, you're not tired. Your kids can't uh, stress you out too much because, you know, you're going back to your job, which is almost like a holiday then compared to, you know, your home life sometimes. So that's, <laughs> I don't know, maybe it's just me, but you know what I mean. Um, and that, that's where you want to be. So it definitely benefits the client because they get what they need, but it also benefits you. Also in terms of 
thing about in time safe, we all know it's much cheaper and much easier to keep an existing client than get new clients. So if you have a good connection with someone and also for the client, I mean, I have always, for example, I'm looking for a good gardener for years. Okay. I have a gardener. He drives me mad, but I can't find anyone else. The moment you come to me and you're a great person, right? And you can do my garden to a certain extent, I will hire you, but there's no one out there. So always remember there's so many people who are looking for an authentic connection with a business provider, with a service provider who can actually help them. And they will stay with you because, you know, we all just want the one person that solves all our problems. We don't want to go and shop around usually. We do that because we are, you know, we're desperate. We're trying to solve a problem at the end of the day. But once we found a person that we like and that we like to work with, we'll stay with them. It's the same, uh, you know, I usually want to stay with my clients forever because I like them. It works well. Obviously, sometimes things change. Sometimes, you know, they move on or they need a different kind of coffee, whatever. But ideally, you have a client who's happy, who gets energy from you. You know, the problem that he or she had is solved. You get energy from the client because it makes you happy serving them. You earn money with something you love. And that's why you need an authentic connection because it just makes everyone happy, everyone who's involved in this transaction. Yeah, and I feel like when you as an entrepreneur, whether it's like um, product or service-based or whatever, if you're a service provider specifically, if you feel better and you're energized, like you said, and you're really connecting with this client and you love the people, like genuinely love the people that you work with, you're going to show up and you're going to do your work better. Yeah, definitely. I would think. Yeah, yeah. If you're like dragging your feet and like, I don't really care about this person, but they're paying my bills, whatever. And when you show up differently, the end result of the value of the product or the service that you're going to provide to them is going to be, I would think, significantly better, which is going to make your customer happier. It's just this like continual wheel that keeps spinning, right? Exactly. I mean, you and I spoke about difficult clients we had in the past or potential clients that we said no to. You know, I remember we had some conversations about difficult people and we both said, no, we're not going to work with them because no matter what they pay us, the, it will cost us so much in energy. It's not worth it. It's just not worth it for them. And it's not worth it for us. So it, it, sometimes you have to say no in order to to have more energy for yourself and for, for these ideal clients you want to have. And that's, you feel when it's right. It's like with everything in life, you feel there's an authentic, you know, you like each other, you, you know, you can communicate easily. It, it's very easy to work together. And that's what you want. And there's so many, I mean, you were now, what, 7 billion people, I think. There are 2 billion people now on Facebook, I think. I lost the plot by now. I don't know. But, you know, you have enough clients, put enough potential clients out there. You don't have to take people where you feel this is going to drain me. And also for them, you might often you might meet nice people, but they're not a great match. And then ideally you have enough good connections to recommend them to a person that might be more suitable for them. So yeah, and sometimes it's not even like that they're a bad person or anything. It's just yeah, that yeah, yeah. your minds are not connecting, right? Like you're not clicking and not connecting on that deep, authentic level, like you're saying. And then it becomes difficult to do the work. Because like you said, there is this exchange of energy between you and the person that you work with. And you have to be able to be comfortable and be vulnerable and have build that connection with them so that you can understand their needs and you can provide a service or whatever that helps them. And if you... There's people that come into your space where you're like, this isn't, we're not clicking, right? Like you're trying to put two jigsaw puzzle pieces together that don't fit. 
Um, and like you're saying, there's a million pieces out there and a million potential clients. So don't force it when it doesn't feel right. No, definitely. It's also not worth it because yeah, like we said, it just takes too much of your energy. And, um, it's something very important that you have to realize that, uh, you, know, you realize over time, I think you often think oh, I can maybe make it work, but, but I don't know. I don't meet bad people. I just meet people who, you know, don't think like me about content. And sometimes people are also, I remember when I had my business coach, I was in a certain frame of mind and the time was right. Right. And maybe three months before that, the time just wasn't right. And, wasn't either her fault or my fault sometimes you're just not ready um and that's also something that's why it's so important not to take things personal to be authentic to have a connection but to realize you know at the end of the day people need a service or a product from you and sometimes they're just not there yet or you're not there yet maybe you know when you grow and maybe sometimes you will you know some people um they have an agency later or something like that and then they can serve that kind of client. And when they're a single entrepreneur, they can't. So all these things play a role too. That's interesting. I like that you said that, that it's not necessarily just about that they're not ready yet, but maybe you're not ready yet. Right? Yeah. I mean, you know, we're all growing, hopefully. We're all getting uh, better and better, <laughs> constantly getting yes. better and better. Um, and yeah, awesome. sometimes we're just not there yet. So that's also something to keep in mind. I love it. Um, I feel like this is a good place to wrap up for this one because we're going to do another episode where we're going to get yes, more yes. into the nuts and bolts and the nitty gritty of like, okay, we understand what connecting authentically looks and feels and sounds like, but like, how do we actually do it? Um, so before we do that and wrap up, is there anything else that you wanted to share a little nugget of wisdom? Tell us your favorite joke, <laughs> anything you want us <laughs> to know, <laughs> put you on the spot. Now you're doing stand up. Um, is there anything you wanted to leave us with before we wrap up well, only, about authentic connection? I only know dad jokes, so I will not go there. <laughs> <laughs> but the one thing I just always want to say that I have to keep saying is do not look at the amount of followers you have because that that's you know that t just takes away from your energy. So many people think that's the number one thing in connection, and it's so irrelevant. If you want to be right, because if you may not actually be connecting with those people, you could have 10,000 followers, but look at the value, I guess, or the depth of the connections that you have versus the quantity of them. Yes. Because also, let's say you have, I don't know, 10,000, 20,000, 100,000 followers. You can't even connect with them anymore in any meaningful way. Then you're already in a different league. Then you already need people working for you who do that kind of stuff. So, you know, if you have 500, imagine you have 500 followers and they're all your clients. I mean, you can't cope so um you know it's very important to just let go of that idea it's i think it's an instagram thing that they want you to feel you have to be on that platform just a bit longer to get just a bit more followers but yeah that's the that's the one tip i would say. yeah the last that of... thing where it like it like we were saying before social media taps into that like reptilian caveman type oh, yeah human basic <laughs> human need to belong right because belonging is safety and security and belonging and having friends and family and people around you for some reason on instagram is quantified by numbers right but you think of the other basic human needs not just to belong but it's about like love and connection right so it's the same just like what you're saying it's not about 
the numbers of the people you have around you in terms of your business aren't necessarily what you need. You need that deep, that connection, that meaningful content, those meaningful conversations. And don't like freak out if your numbers dip one day. Yeah, definitely. Not worth it. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much Great. for being thank here. You. I'm excited for the next one where we get to dive into what this looks like. And um, is there anything else you wanted to tell us about your business or any? Uh, no, you, you got an offer. You can follow me on content and copywriting on Instagram, of course. I'm also on LinkedIn. And if you're interested to work with me or just want to have a chat and see how I could maybe help you in terms of content, I have a free call. You can book that over my website. Um, and then we can have a chat and see how I can help you. So that's at the moment um, all what I want to say. So LinkedIn, Instagram, internet, and they can book a discovery call to chat with you about all things, all things, content and, and copy content. and strategy. And, and you can sort them out. Yes. And I will say from my own perspective and my own experience, you are a wealth of knowledge. So I would highly recommend if you have any questions to talk to you because you know, things and you asked me when we were working together, you would ask me stuff and I'm like, I don't know that. I don't know that. You, you just know you've got these, like I said, it's your zone of genius that you're in for sure. There's nothing, Anyways. nothing I can say to this now. <laughs> There's nothing. Ah, I right yeah, exactly. I don't know okay, we'll wrap. That's, that's All a right, good point. We'll talk, I'll talk to you on the next episode. Okay. All right. See you then. Bye. Authentically connecting with your audience is so essential. I hope through this episode, you learned really the core understanding of like why we need to make an effort to connect on a meaningful level and an authentic level with the people that we want to serve our clients or our customers or our audience there's a lot that goes into it you know we talked about like connecting on Instagram and why the whole trap of copy paste or templates that look like time savers can actually do us a disservice when we're looking to connect authentically and then eventually convert and make some money I encourage you to go and follow Melody on Instagram. You can find her account links in the show notes. Like I said before, she posts some really interesting, educational and accessible content. So you'll learn a lot from just following her and it hopefully will get the wheels spinning in your head and thinking about like, how are you showing up and where is there room for improvement? As we talked about today, it's all about vulnerability. It's about data and feedback, reflecting and responding and being totally rooted in authenticity of who you are and who the other person is on the other side. Don't forget to tune in next week. We're gonna have a follow-up episode with Melody, which is super tactical. We're gonna take all this information and concepts that we talked about today and look at like how you build an authentic content strategy. I know you're gonna love it, so make sure you tune in for the follow-up. Thanks for listening to the Brand Authenticity Edit. If you found this episode insightful, inspiring, or interesting, I would really love your support. The world of podcasting is so different than social media, where we're very accustomed to just double tapping to show our appreciation. And there's two key things that you can do to support the growth of this podcast. Number one is subscribe. Subscribing is totally free, and it means you'll never miss an episode. And lastly, leave us a review. Five-star reviews and positive feedback really help with rankings within the app, but it also helps other people to find this podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode, and I can't wait to dive further into these topics with you. Again, thanks for listening. 
I'm your host, Jennifer Hulley, and I'll talk to you soon.